Hello, hello, and welcome back to Own Your Ish. I'm your host, Cynthia Korn. And for all of my first-time listeners, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. If you are a first-time listener, this is a great episode to start, but I would highly suggest starting back at the beginning because there is a journey along this way, um, not only for you, but for myself as as a podcast host as well. And so before we get into today, though, I do want to take a couple of um, seconds just to kind of give a few warnings, a few trigger warnings for today. Um, First and foremost, for all of my new or newer listeners, um, I curse a lot. That's just kind of who I am. It's part of my everyday conversation. So if uh, if that's something that is concerning to you or something that is uh, triggering for you, this would not be the podcast. So just want to give you a fair warning there. Um, Today, we're also going to be talking a little bit about suicide. And so I wanted to give a trigger warning for that, um, that it'll be kind of laced in to our conversation today. So I just want to make sure that as we talk about that, that you do take care. And if it is something that becomes very triggering, I ask that you please just shut off the podcast and come back another week. I totally understand. So this is kind of your little warning and I'll let you guys make the decision. Fantastic. And for those of you who are still here, let's go ahead and get started. Um, I will say it's been quite a while since I've been in the studio. It's been a minute since I've even really thought about what I want to say or how I want to say it. And every time that a topic would come up or I'm like, yep, I definitely want to get in and record an episode about this. I want to talk about it. It just kind of seemed futile. And I would get really excited about it for about five or six minutes, and then it would kind of wane. And I'd be like, who are you kidding? Who wants to hear from you? Nobody wants to hear that, especially from you. Who do you think you are? And so many things have come up in in the last several weeks since I've been out of the studio and not recording that I really wanted to get back in today for a couple of different reasons. First and foremost, I recognize that I am in a full-fledged uh, dip of my depression. It has come back and I'm in the hole. I'm in the darkness. Um, I have been crying unexplainably for the past few days. Little things just kind of set me off. Um, I, I was harsher with my kids than I wanted to be. I definitely lost my temper more than once. Um, nothing was really bringing me joy. I'm still struggling with that. Um, when even your favorite things no longer are holding that joy for me, that's always been a clue that, Hey, your depression is here and it's kind of taking over and all of the intrusive thoughts and the self imposter syndrome and, um, you know, just all of the things that kind of come up, the self-defeating behaviors, the intrusive thoughts, the stories that we tell ourselves. And, you know, it's like, where, what happened to all of, to all of this belief and this confidence and this progress and moving forward that I was having. And I thought, gosh, if, if you are the person who people are turning to when they're having a shit moment and they're needing to kind of like get themselves out of it, like what the fuck are they supposed to do when you're in it? And it was like, duh, that's it, corn. That's it. When you're in it, they need to know it. What does it actually look like? And I I do have little things that I do that have always kind of helped me to kind of make a pivot or to kind of climb up out of the hole a little bit. Um, and I wanted to share that with you because what does it look like when you're just face down in it? 
what happens when you're in the bottom of that hole covered in fucking mud and sticks and just just everything is on top of you and you can't see the light for anything and you just feel like you're being buried that's what it feels like for me and when it's like everything is shades of gray you're just i walk around frustrated um the tone of my voice is always like what what now even with the little things, like even when Alan just wants to be held, there, there were times I found myself like, are you fucking kidding me? You need another hug. You need me to pay attention to you again. And I'm like, yes, that's your fucking job as a parent. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a lot, right? It's a lot when we have our own stuff going on. And so what I started to notice is that feeling of wanting to disappear. The suicidal ideations, these are, these are not plans. I, I don't have a, a solid plan. It's just this, this utter desire to just want to disappear. Thoughts about what it would be like to just not be here because it would be easier. It would be 100% easier if I was not here for me. And yet I know that there are so many other reasons why I need to be here. And part of it is this. Part of it is spreading that message that these days come. There are hard days and there may be a few. Like I said, it's been a minute. And part of me was like, just need to kind of keep pushing. It's okay. Like just telling myself, get over it, suck it up. Like all the harmful things that we're not supposed to say to people who are in the throes of depression, I was saying to myself, conversations with myself were not pretty. They were not nice. Um, you know, when I, when I am sitting here telling myself, God, you're so fucking stupid. Why would you do that? I'm like, it is ridiculous. Like, what would you do if you heard me talking about your friend like that? What would I do if I heard somebody talking to my friend like that? I'd fucking mow them over, right? We're going to, we're going to blows. I'm, I'm throwing hands and yet I, I did it to myself. And I just kind of recognized today, like when I was just crying over nothing, nothing had happened. It was just a moment. I, I took a big, deep breath and I let it out and just tears started to flood out. And as I'm starting to dive in and I'm starting to really do some self-introspection because I'm not back with my therapist yet, I messaged her and hopefully she has some openings because I do not want to try to find a new therapist, but I've been out of the loop for a little while, so I totally understand. Um, but I wanted to come today specifically because today was one of those days where I I'm still in it. I Part of me wants to just say, fuck all this because it's so fucking stupid and nobody wants to hear me anyways. I'm like, no, no. We need to hear this. We need to know what this looks like. And thank God I have friends that check on me out of the blue, friends that check on me on the daily, friends that will sit there. Um, I have a Marco Polo back and forth between a couple of my dearest, dearest friends, and they will sit there and they will listen to me literally just cry and hold space for me. And that's it. And when they come back on, all they're saying is, hey, I'm right here for you. And they're sending me text messages saying, just checking on you. And they don't even know how much that means. I try to convey that to them. And I hope they understand what it's like to know that somebody is sitting like at the edge of the hole who's crawled down in it with me. And they're like, hey, I'm just going to sit here next to you. I know it's dirty. I know it's hard, but I'm going to be right here. And sometimes it's even hard to allow that to come in because you know you know that they see you without all the fucked up filters and all the, the schema and the stories and the limited beliefs and the intrusive thoughts that, that we've brought on with ourselves and because of our socialization and how we've been brought up and all of those things. But our friends see us for who we are. I have another friend um, who also does a podcast, always wonderful, The Relic Podcast, Chet Snow. Um, 
somebody who's been a very dear friend of mine for quite some time. He was a teacher as I was a principal. And I know I've talked about him before on this on this podcast, and I was actually a guest on his podcast as well. But he, he put out a couple of podcasts that really just started to kick me in my butt and remind me like, hey, you need to keep going, get up, get going. And uh, his podcast this week was really kind of the kick in the butt that I needed. And he you know, was just talking about when you fall down, you got to get back up. And that's it, right? And uh, it's not about what is it Vince Lombardi who says it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, it matters how many times you get back up. And it's it's people that check on me. It's people who have messages that just resonate. And when I, I also believe in, in all the cosmic universe and all of that that comes out. And as I'm reading my horoscope and messages about the month of August, about how like newness is coming in, a new energy and letting that come in. And that part of what this newness is going to bring is the death, is the death of old things where we have to let it go. And there are pieces that I have to let go. And that's part of what I want to talk about today. So part of it, part of today is talking about letting go of old self for new self. And part of it is like, what do we do when we're in the throes of it? Okay. So I want us to start, start off with like the practical stuff, this, the stuff that we can do just like right now, right? Like, you know, you're in it, you're face down, like just, you know, when you're in it, like what do you, what are practical, useful steps that you can do that isn't somebody saying, oh, go do some self-care because what the fuck does that mean anyways, right? We've talked about how self-care can look very different depending on what is causing you discomfort. But I hate when people are like, just go take care of yourself. Just take some deep breaths because sometimes breathing doesn't fucking work. Sometimes it helps and it'll help us reset, but then, then what? What do we do next? So here is kind of my little uh, five steps that I use. So get out a pen and paper if you can, or and take some notes on your phone, or just listen, okay? First and foremost, we have to admit it, right? We have to admit that we're, that we're face down in it. We have to admit that maybe our depression has come back. We have to admit that something is wrong, right? Like we admit that you have a problem. Like first and foremost, admit that, that not everything is okay, right? The other part that I like to do next is after I admit it, I like to stake, take stock of what's happening in my life. Sometimes this looks like journaling, where I just write about how I'm feeling and about what's going on. Sometimes it looks like a to-do list, because oftentimes my overwhelming list of things that need to get done, new businesses for both me and my partner, um, kids and court and an upcoming wedding and new family and, and, and current family and everybody just trying to make everything all work. And we know what this is like on a day-to-day basis, right? But sometimes that overwhelming feeling can get mixed with that anxiety. And, and, and for me, I also have ADD on top of all of that. And so the paralysis of being overwhelmed is over, over the top lately. So I know that sometimes when I'm in this position, taking stock looks like creating a to-do list, a practical to-do list, like things that will actually help reduce my anxiety and reduce the feeling of overwhelm. And then at times, sometimes I just need to write. And it's just Maybe you need to write everything that's really bothering you, everything that you're really pissed. Maybe you just need to write. 
I am not okay. I am not okay. I am not okay. I'm whatever it is, whatever it is that you need to write until you can't write anymore. Or sometimes it's just like, let's just describe everything that's happening in the last few days or everything that you can remember, because then what you do after that is to go back and to take a look and start looking at patterns right? Then you have a more objective lens when you're able to go back through it, right? When you're in the emotions and in the feeling and like, ah, ah, crying, whatever it is, raging, however you're feeling, try to write in that moment, write it all down, get it, get it out of your head and onto paper and then go back, go back when, when, when your nervous system is calmed a little bit, go back when, when you feel like you're a little bit lower energy and maybe better in, in, better in the like, being not emotionless, just very centered or as close to center as you can get. Then go back and relook at it. What What is it saying? What are you seeing time and time again? Go back a few pages. This is why I really do like to journal is because you can start to see patterns and what's happening. And, and then you can see, and then you can see what's really going on. And then sometimes it's as simple as, do I need to make sure I eat breakfast every day? check that for me is something that's really changed what I do. I used to wait until like two or three o'clock in the afternoon to eat because I was intermittent fasting and uh, that wasn't working for my body anymore. It just isn't. It wasn't helping me lose any weight. It wasn't helping me to do anything other than just disrupting everything. So I started to eat a lot earlier in the day for breakfast and my mood has shifted. I have more energy in the afternoon. Um, and, and it has really, it has really helped because I noticed that about the time that I was starting to feel overwhelmed was about mid afternoon, right? About the time that I was ready to eat and thinking that if I went ahead and did, um, you know, just some journaling, just kind of see what was happening and, and actually eating and taking time to take care of myself. I'd be a lot better. Okay. But that's what happens when you take stock. The next thing you need to do is you need to ask for help. Okay. When you admit that you are in it and you know that you're face down in the muck and mire and you've taken stock and you see what it is, call somebody, text them, call them. I use Marco Polo, Instagram. I don't care what it is, but reach out to someone and ask for help. Even if all it is, is just, Hey, I am not okay. Can you please hold space for me? Just knowing that somebody else is out there with you in it can make all the difference. But I don't have a friend that I can do that with. Yes, you do. We all do. And if you don't have friends like that, take maybe it's time to take stock of who your friends are. And if you don't have that friend, message me. I, I, I take time out of my day to go out and to, to check on everybody. I, I still have clients that I'm seeing, clients that are, that are done and they're they're on their own and they still reach out and they still message me. So I, I'm looking at my social media. I'm talking. So if, if you need someone and you can't identify anyone right away, let me know. But this is a really important thing. If you don't feel like you have any friends that you would be able to text to just say, hold space or listen to me, I just need to vent. Who are your friends? right? Because sometimes we call folks and we're like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. I'm stuck. Can you give me advice? And sometimes we just need someone to hold space while we go through it. You need somebody to sit in the hole, right? I don't need anyone at the top looking down and saying, well, you know, at least you're still alive. At least you've got your health. Now, fuck that shit. I'm down here where none of it seems to matter. If you're not down here with me, or you're not in the arena, getting your ass kicked, sit down. I don't want to hear it. So be that type of friend that when someone reaches out, just to hold space. And what does hold space look like? I got you. That's what we send back. I'm here for you. 
It isn't a barrage of text messages. It isn't even trying to find the quote unquote right thing to say because there really isn't. When somebody is in it, deep in it, in the throes of it, and their emotions are just overwhelming and it's coming out. I, I can speak from my personal experience, but I see this a lot from others. Like, especially like when we worked in the schools, I saw it with kids that were raging. You cannot speak to somebody rationally while they are in this emotional dysregulation period. We have to be at a regulated space with emotions in order to be able to to talk to anyone, to be able to conduct any type of conversation. And this goes for our friends too. When you know that your friends are emotionally dysregulated because shit is hitting the fan, it is not the time to try to give them some practical life advice about what to do. Because I guarantee you, if there was a practical tip on how to make it all better, I would have already done it. I would have already done it. Or I've already tried it and it just didn't work at that time. So sometimes holding space is just, I got you. And then actually giving space. For me, a lot of times it's like when you know I'm going through it, don't be upset when it's three or four days before I come back and say anything. And good friends know that. Good friends know that even if there are days that go between us talking, they know that that I still love them. We're still friends. It's just I'm in the moment. And life will ebb and flow like this. Sometimes I'm the one who's out front and I'm looking behind me and I'm cheering them on. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm here for you. And sometimes I'm the one who's behind and I'm looking at my friends and reaching out for help and they're there too. Uh, One of my best friends used to run with me and I I always kind of use this analogy when I talk to folks about what type of friends do you have? Sarah was, and still is, she's an amazing runner and I was always, and I still am, I don't want to say was, I used to be a runner, (laughs) just not so much anymore. But when I first got started, she ran with me. And then when we got into races, because she's an actual, like, I've trained forever, I can do marathons, all of that, badass runner, she'd be out front, and I'm always towards the back, because I'm slow as molasses, I'm just here to compete, that's it, I'm just here to run and have fun. But she would always double back and come get me. And I don't know if she really knows how much that meant to never be left alone, to never be in a scary situation, especially my first time running in public. After I ran 10 minutes on the treadmill, she Sarah said to me, okay, now you're ready to run a mile. And I'm like, the fuck I am? Are you kidding me? But she made me run and she ran with me the whole time and she cheered me on and she was there, but she held space until I was ready and has continued to push and be there and be that friend who's ahead, but always looking back and coming back just to be with me. And that's what it's like when your friends are like, I'm going to be in the hole with you. I'm going to circle back. And I'm going to run the race with you. I'm just beside you. And the coolest part was that I always got to finish, always got to cross the finish line by myself. And it was so amazing because I almost apologize for crying and I'm not going to do that because I don't need to. I don't need to apologize for my emotions. But it always meant a lot to me that I still got to, even though I didn't really need her to run with me, but I definitely enjoyed it. And it was so much more helpful to have somebody running with me, but that I always got to cross the finish line by myself, that I got to have that moment of I made it and I did it. So when you're that type of friend and you're ready to be in the hole with them, that's what that looks like. You're going to be in there with them. You're not telling them what to do or how to do it. They are running their race. Sarah used to run at my pace. My pace is a hundred times slower than hers. And that's what it also means to be in the hole with somebody is to be in there with them and to go at their pace. They might not be able to crawl up that ladder all by themselves in a couple of days. It may take them 
a couple of weeks, a couple of months, just to get up a couple rungs on the ladder to get even closer to the top. Okay. So just know everyone's running their own race. So we're admitting that we have an issue, right? We have a problem, admit that we're in it, however you want to label it, then take stock, journal, to-do list, write it down, write until you can't anymore, and then ask for help. Make sure you're reaching out and asking for help. And then here's something that absolutely probably is the biggest tip that I can give you that, that definitely helps to shift is just to do something different, meaning If you are, like for me, I was sitting here in my office doing work, taking that deep breath and tears just started to flood out. And I was like, I couldn't control it. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was like, what the fuck? And I I have a few ideas about where else coming from. There's a lot that's happening in the next couple of months. But I was like, I just need to go do something different. And sometimes it looks like, like, for example, you work from home, get up, go to a different room and work. If you have the ability and and advantage to kind of get up and go work in an office space or to go work somewhere else in town, like we have coffee shops everywhere here in Kansas City, and I can just pop out and go do that or go to the library, right? Just kind of shifting where you're able to do that. Sometimes we're not able to, right? Like I think about when I was a teacher, like when you're in the middle of a class, there's not much that you can do other than I do remember there were multiple times in the 20 years that I needed to just say, today is not my day. Don't fucking try me. <laughs> just sit down, be quiet. But the thing is, is like when I was vulnerable with my kids in that way to let them know like, hey, I'm having a really rough day or I'm really sick, but I'm here anyways. The kids respected that because they knew that I wasn't trying to patronize them. Um, I, I was letting, and when they had bad days, I didn't bug them either, right? So this is a give and take part there. And maybe maybe now that I'm further along in my career, I would have, I would love to tell my younger self when you're having those days, take a take a mental health day, take it period. And if you work in the corporate world or you're working for yourself, it's still okay to take those days. I, I struggle now that I work from home because I think I always have to be on not even 24 hours a day, but like every single day, right? Like every single day I have to check in and uh, no, I don't have to. That, that was that toxic culture that, that we all get when we work for someone else, that you have to be here every single day. No, if your mental health is suffering, take the time, take a day off, okay? So that's doing something different. Sometimes it's shifting spaces help you shift your space. Let me say that again. Sometimes shifting spaces will help you shift your space. Think about the space that your mind is in right now. Sometimes when you just move, shift to a different location, it'll, it automatically just resets, right? Your whole body is moving. Your whole being is going to be in a new space. That can definitely help. Sometimes you also need to just change it up, right? Change up how you're doing it. Maybe you... Maybe you need a different class routine. For me, it, it is simply, okay, I have to do it just a little bit differently. So I, re- I restructured my schedule. When I was trying to work, I started to try to check in at first thing in the morning, 7.30 to 8 o'clock in the morning, like my normal school schedule. I was trying to check in and keep those hours. And I'm like, that's not it. When do I function the best? I function the best from 10 a.m. until about 6 p.m. with a little break in the afternoon. And so instead of trying to force myself into doing something that isn't working and being frustrated and like kicking off more anxiety and overwhelm, all I did was just change it up a little bit. So instead of checking in at eight, I typically check in at 10. 
right? Now that means if I have other meetings or whatnot, I, I still show up earlier, but that's neither here nor there I'm talking about day-to-day stuff. So once I shifted my schedule, it became a lot easier to come into the office to want to do work to actually get the work done that I was act- that I was sometimes avoiding because I was trying to force myself into a schedule that wasn't working. And then sometimes we just need to shake it off. Go for a walk. The 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 little video that I kept seeing on TikTok a lot about I'm going for a stupid walk for my stupid mental health. Dun, 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 dun. Right? Like that is actually, you know, a really awesome idea. Sometimes we just need to go for a walk. Um are you somewhere where you're, you can't even get outside? You got stairs, use the stairs. Um, can, do you have a, a neighbor teacher that can come over and hang out with your kids while you go do something else or while, while you go and go make some copies or just go get a cup of coffee? Ask your principal. I, I hope that you have a supportive principal like that. I know I was that type of person when I, I got the message, hey, I need a break. I'm on my way. I can stand in a classroom for 10, 15 minutes while you go take a break. Sure, why not? And we make that work. Do you have a colleague that you can talk to? Maybe go down to the cafeteria in the building and go do that. Or sometimes just leave for lunch, if that's at all possible. Just go outside for a walk or just go sit in the shade. Go do something that will actually help to kind of shake things off, kind of help move your body, right? Because physical movement definitely helps. Um, I was not above having my kids just do stretch sessions especially after we get done doing a big test or something that would be some, they would be something that was really helpful to kind of shake things off or if we'd had a really bad day we're like okay nah, 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 let's just really honestly just shake it off and part of that you know we, we I've talked about with other people about um, how sometimes as a, a stress response as human beings we don't shake that off and I know we've talked about that in previous episodes but there are animals out in the wild, you'll see them, they just shake it off. And like, literally, that's what they're doing. Whatever trauma they have, they literally just shake it off, right? It's the completing of the trauma cycle. And as human beings, we often don't do that because we have been told as children and as kids, and even now as adults, it's like, suck it up, keep moving, keep going, keep going. And that doesn't work. Okay. And then finally, the fifth and final step is repeat as necessary. Right. Sometimes I think I have a total grip on this and I'm like, I'm good. I'm golden. And then all of a sudden I smack, right? Like I fall right back down into the hole, fall off the ladder, right back down into the muck and mire. And then I need to start all over again. And the thing is, that's where I hope that we can begin to redefine what failure looks like. Because failure isn't something that is bad. Failure we actually learn from, right? Why did I fall down? What happened? How did I slip? How did I fall? What was going on? And what do I need to do to try to prevent that for the future or change it so that it doesn't happen again, right? Now, like I said before, depression is never going to go away. It's always going to be a part of my life. How I cope with it is different and It'll be different depending on my life situations. Something that worked in a different season of my life may not necessarily work now. I can tell you the coping mechanisms that I used as a single female was not working. Sometimes they don't work now, right? Um, I have a very supportive partner. So one of the things I used to do was I used to like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to grab a drink with my girlfriends. And I have a supportive partner now that would totally let that happen. But it's not as easy now, right? Because now none, <laughs> most of my girlfriends are not single and we're parents now. And, and it is a lot harder, but we still can make that happen, right? So sometimes we just have to kind of change up what we're doing in order to make that happen. 
Now, the other part of this conversation I wanted to have is not as long, is not as in-depth, but it is the piece about what do we need to let go of? Because part of new energy, part of any type of shift, any type of doing something new means that we're letting go of something that no longer serves us, or we may be shifting into a whole new person because as human beings, we grow, we change, we evolve. That's what we have to do in order to survive, right? And so something that has really been coming up in a lot of my reflections and a lot of my journaling and a lot of just my thought processing around like, why am I so depressed? And where is that really coming from? Part of that is that I had to let go of who I was. And I was I have still two years later, I have still been trying to do the same work and be the same person as I was when I was a principal doing things in the exact same way. And also recognizing at the exact same time, I left that job because it was toxic. I left that job because it was harmful, not only to me, but to the kids and the staff that I served. And so why would I continually try to bring that back? I also realized that when I was a principal and when I was in education, because I was just on the go all the time, there was always something to do because I part of my reflection has been, I have never been this depressed in my life. And yet a few episodes ago, when we talked about hidden depression, I was like, fuck, I've probably been depressed a good majority of my life, right? I I have a really positive outlook on life. But it's one of those toxic positivity outlooks. I definitely had that for a long time, right? Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Suck it up. Keep going. That's toxic positivity, right? There was shit that was happening that I definitely should have processed. It's like, but we know now, right? Hindsight is always 2020. And, and, and that's that. But what I did start to realize is that as a principal, especially in the last few years of my, of, of my career, I was just on the go. And I'm fine. I'm okay. And I would unpack things in a very systematic way. I, I might cry at some therapy sessions, but for a lot of times it was like, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to do this like a professional. I'm going to get in. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to find the right answers. I'm going to say the right thing. And I'm going to heal and I'm going to do it as if it was a motherfucking checklist that would save me. Much to my surprise, that's not how it goes. And what I'm discovering now is that because I had a job that kept me so busy running so I never had time to slow down to feel any of the things that had caused me trauma. And trauma we know is lodged in the body. It is stored there. The body keeps the score. There's a whole reason why there's a book about it. We know that trauma doesn't just simply go away. But what happened is that when I stopped being the principal, when I stopped having those expectations placed upon me, external expectations placed upon me from all directions, right? From the top for my boss, from the side for my staff, from the from the other sides, from my students and my family, like it didn't matter where I turned, there was always something. I never had time to really stop and think about it. And when I did, it was almost as if like the dam broke open. And I am just now two years later getting to the point where I can admit that I was actually running from my problems. I was doing therapy and I and I did heal a lot and therapy was amazing for me and it really helped in some of the toughest moments. And I'm also recognizing that there is way more trauma. There are way more things that I need to process through that I had never even taken time or even given myself permission to unpack. 
And now that I have all the time in the world to think, I literally work by myself at home, unless Alan's here, but I'm working by myself at home. No one's talking to me and all these thoughts can come in. And if you're ADD like I am, it's hard to really control those thoughts and tell them, go sit down, go be over there. I got work to do. And so it it has become very difficult, but I'm finding that the more I process through it, the more that I do, the better that I feel. But it is really hard on the days where big pieces are are coming through and like big, huge chunks of the iceberg are falling off and splashing in the water for me to start to unpack. And so I just wanted to let you know, if you're in it, you're not alone. I'm right here with you. Um, the tears that have come on, I know I'm going to have to sort through those. I'm already taking notes as to like what I need to process, what was coming up. But I want you to know that you're not alone, but that you can do something about it. Because I know that oftentimes when I get so far into the hole, I often feel completely powerless and feel like there's nothing I can do about it. I just have to wait this out. I just wait till things get better. It'll be better when. No, fuck that shit. You can. You can do hard things. We can own our shit. We can say, I'm depressed. I need to do something about it. And here's what I'm going to do. Right? We can. We can do that. It's hard and it is tough work, but depression doesn't have to be the thing that keeps you down. You can overcome that with coping skills, time, processing, new experiences, new opportunities to try to cope with that. And also, I think it's very helpful as well that when we reach out for help, that we allow some of the reality checks that our friends will give us to be received. Like today, thank you so much for the friends that said, these are just intrusive thoughts. You are not dumb. You are not stupid. You are not a piece of shit because that's what's been going through my head lately, right? And I'm going to get into that in a whole other episode because it's way more than I want to unpack right now, but like it's, it's been hard. So if you're there, I just want to let you know you're not alone. And I'm going to keep today pretty short and sweet because I have more work to do. And so do you. So do we all. So today, just remember that if you're in it, first, just say, I'm in it. That's the first step. And if the second and third, fourth, fifth steps need to come later on down the road, that's okay. If today, all you have is the energy to say, I'm in it. I'm in the hole. I'm in the darkness. That's okay. That's the first step. It's the first step to changing it up and to doing things differently. So no, you're not alone. So folks, I'm back. I'm going to try to be more consistent. I've said this before, and I know it's going to come with some self-discipline because I want to have that self-love for myself, the love of myself to do what I say that I wanted to do and to not allow my depression or my intrusive thoughts or my imposter syndrome or my limiting beliefs kick me out of this belief that I can actually do something with my life that's going to make a difference, that what I say can have an impact on others. And I know that it does, right? Every episode, I've gotten notes, I've gotten messages back. Thank you. And for the couple of people from my podcast that were not really friends in real life, like you only know me through the podcast, but you reached out asking me where I was. Thank you. That really meant a lot. It meant a lot that folks we're actually looking forward to my podcast. So this uh, podcast is dedicated to you. And I know you said you wanted to remain anonymous. Uh, but thank you so much for reaching out and asking me when I was coming back. Um, I really needed it. So um, 
to everyone who made it this far, I hope that you continue to have a wonderful day. I hope that if you were in it, that you know that you're not alone and that you can reach out and I will be right here to talk you through it. So with that, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. The records I listen to They don't sound like the same old shit that you used to The clothes I wear You might not be up on it yet Y'all just ain't up on it yet Yeah What you think, what you say, what you might do When the crowd in the place is nothing like you Do you stay, run away, or do you fight The only people I can stand to be around On the same shit that I'm on On the same shit that I'm on The only women that I know is really down On the same shit that I'm on On the same shit that I'm on Whether I'm high up in the sky On the same shit that I'm on On the same shit that I'm on Shit that I'm on, on the same shit that I'm on. Oh, with the 